My name is Mark Solomon, and this is Never Was. I never was a comedian. I have my moments, I think. For your sakes, I hope. Sure, I feel like there have been times uh, when I was on stage or behind a bar when I could keep the people light. I'm not exactly sure how that came to pass. I mean, when I was growing up, it's not like I ever thought much about it. Being in front of people and expected to keep those people entertained. It just sort of happened. But some guys, some bands, they were just born that way. Over the years, uh, Staves Acre and The Crucified, we played with a bunch of those bands. You know, born to keep people entertained. We once played a show with the band Camp Kill Yourself, also known as CKY. Their videos were the source of what came to be known as Jackass and Viva La Bam and all that. Uh, these guys played like a 45-minute set, and I think they finished three whole songs. But at no point were they boring. In fact, everyone in the building, including Stave Zaker, were falling out. It was like a 45-minute set of naked comedy. Spontaneous, sharp, occasionally violent, but the whole time, hilarious. That was not me, okay? Especially if I try to be funny. It doesn't end well, ever. My next guest, however, he just was, or is. Tonight, we welcome Jamie Telosa, bass player of the band Goaty Hook. I'm sure he would never consider himself a comedian, okay? I just, the dude's funny. The band was funny. He's one of the funniest guys I ever met on tour. And, uh, and he and, and Goaty Hook, they inherently possess the ability to keep a show from being too serious, you know? And really, why not? What's so freaking serious about rock and roll, okay? Lovingly referred to by my brothers in Staves Acre as The Hookers. As you will hear tonight, the year spent with them, uh, they stand firmly in my mind as some of the fondest memories of life on the road. Prominent in my weird history were The Hookers. In particular... Jamie, Adam, Joel, and Mark, but even Christian here and there. Jamie was on a sort of impromptu sabbatical, suggested by his wife, no less. And, for whatever reason, he decided to start here, in good old Lakeland, Florida, and work his way up to D.C. We talked about those days and what came after, and you gotta know, even with the mics off, just hanging around, Jamie just kills. <laughs> I told him I was gonna quote this, because it not only sums up life on the road, but also life in bands, all right? Uh, and I quote, you're not prepared for it. When it happens, you're not prepared to deal with it. Basically, you're not prepared. Ladies and gentlemen, Jamie Tolosa. But first... Josh Spencer... Nate Jensen, Josh Cothran, and Daniel Brett. I wanted to thank you personally for joining in the Patreon tip bucket. Thank you. Uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the Patreon thing. I just wanted to say thanks. And I do want to clarify. Patreon is easy. Okay, The basic concept is you commit to an amount, monthly or otherwise, to pass on to the show. It really is like a digital tip jar. You just toss something in there if you can few bucks go a long way toward making the show uh, and, and you know we'll make it better and more beautiful that's it click the link on the page for today's show follow the prompts let your fingers do the walking simple as that Nate Daniel and the Joshes thank you again and uh, Spencer I hope you're digging that book uh, and I hope you don't think I'm a dick uh, if anyone else is interested in picking up a copy uh, it's on the store on the I Never Was website you can just go in there and find it uh, one more thing before we get going. In case you missed it over the last few shows, you know, we're building the next letters episode, okay? So if you'd like to write in and be a part of it, write to the Twilight Zone at iNeverWas.com. The Twilight Zone at iNeverWas.com. 
Nosy's in there. Yes, I know my brother is making fun of me right now. Uh, theme for the next show. Are you still in the church or the faith or are you out? Hmm. Shoot us an email. Keep it as short as you feel comfortable doing. Don't cut anything out that needs to be in there, but send it to me. And you know, we'll talk it out. I want to say thank you again for the letters, the comments on iTunes, and the ratings on iTunes, and for sharing this show. It's, it's, a, it's a big deal to me. But what's even larger to me is you sharing your story, and I appreciate you doing so. So please don't hesitate. I'll respect the material. But that's what this is all about. And if you listen closely, you can hear the sirens in my town. <laughs> sabbatical for an undetermined amount of time no it's a week it's a week yes yeah. it's not that it's not that free i'm working i'm working sunday <laughs> oh you're you have to be right back at work yeah oh wow yeah. okay so you're on sabbatical for a very finite amount of time mm-hmm. you came out here to find yourself you're gonna go out and get yourself lost in the woods I mean, what are you doing well i i do my best thinking on the road Okay. Driving, I, I I can drive across the country and not listen to music. Right. I I can just zone out and think. So uh, you know, I thought about maybe running a cabin in the Shenandoah or something, and just kind of getting away and and uh, just kind of eliminate distractions. Okay. Kind of kind of think about what I want to do. You know, part of this is I just want to get um, you know, I just want to get get away from the stresses and the and the craziness that this this last couple months has been in my life. So. So that was the purpose. Okay. I'm just going to take a road trip. You know, my wife kind of took one last fall and, and she loved it. This so she's, Marianne. this is Marianne. Yeah. And she, so she encouraged me, you know, you, why don't you instead of just go into a cabin or something and just chilling? I mean, she knows I'll get real bored. So she, you know, why don't you do a road trip? Cause you love road trips and you love driving. So I said, okay, I'll do that. So I, I plan to take a, a road trip South, maybe hit some towns that some artist towns that she she kind of wanted me to check out and stuff. So okay. that was kind of my plan. And little did you know, I know. Gosh. you were going to stumble onto the art mecca that is Lakeland, Florida. Who knew? <laughs> That's right. Including those of us who live here. Who knew? Do you care to go into the stress and the craziness that's been the last couple of weeks? Or is that just... No, it's it's not... Life in general. Yeah, it's it's not... Like, not we, like we just sold a house. So okay. that was like really stressful. It was like a really stressful process. So How long did, did you sit on the house? We sat on it since last July, so it was, you know, not quite a year, but close enough for long, us. <laughs> long enough to be, <laughs> yeah, long enough to cause yeah, so all we had, sorts you know, of fear. So that was a pain. Glad that's over with. I was actually going to take this trip last month, but then we got the offer on the house, so I said, well, I need to stick around for that. So I'm actually pretty stress-free right now, so this is a good time to kind of just, you know, I had a plan, so I thought I'd, I'd go ahead and do it. It's awesome that you have the ability to do that yeah. and that your wife would embrace such a decision. That, that is, I'm very blessed. Not just embrace, encourage even. Yeah, yeah. And then as far as the the thinking better when you drive, my, I, I have to believe that that comes from all the years of touring. It definitely does, yeah. I, I miss I miss being on the road. I mean, I talk to the guys every now and then and we're always, you know, apart from the really crappy parts of touring, <laughs> we definitely miss the road and that, that whole being being in a new place every day. Um, now, the guys we're talking about, you're talking about, obviously, Adam and Joel, but are, do you also talk to Mark about um, it sometimes? You know, 
Mark and I have an online relationship. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we don't like call each other every day, but we definitely like, try to stay in touch. He, you know, he, when he's in town, he comes to visits and stuff. And Mark's, Mark's a very good friend of mine. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's mostly Adam and Joel when we, we hang out. Cause I actually see those guys. Yeah. You know, because Mark occasion. is out of all of us, the most <laughs> legitimately got, got together, <laughs> successful, got your shit together guy. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Kick-Ass LaCasse yeah. is now an actual Kick-Ass CPA. Yeah, we we talked about this earlier, but uh, I'm so proud of him because when he when he was in, you know, he I think he'd be okay with me saying this, but when he first joined the band, he was really in a shell. Yeah, I wouldn't say his self-esteem was great. He was just kind of, you know, he he wasn't like the outgoing. Sure, guys that we we had become at that point in the band, so he was kind of like feeling yeah, his way through. Yeah, you guys are all a bunch of wingnuts, and then he's just like all like, uh, I guess I'm just you know I'm here on. Yeah, yeah. Like he was yeah. So, we didn't know what to think of him when we first met him. Yeah, so when he would he would be like the last guy you would think would move across the country by himself and start a new life, kind of yeah. thing, and that's what he did. And you know he he went to school and worked at the same time, got his bachelor's. Then became a CPA. It's incredible. It's man. ridiculous. Yeah, it's awesome, dude. I'm so huge. We'll have to ask him what the secret is, dude. This stuff uh, we will have to try to help me remember to get into New Orleans and Mark Lacasse and I. That okay, was interesting. Yeah, I. It's all hazy to me. This is going to be rough. Certain parts of it are <laughs> are certainly hazy. Certain parts of it vivid. So obviously we're talking, you're staying in contact with Adam and, and Joel primarily. Mm-hmm. And Joel's up in New York. Adam is still in Virginia. He's or? in D.C. He's in yeah. D.C. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's real close. And then, and do you ever see Christian anymore? No, we, um, I mean, there was kind of like a little bit of a falling out when he was asked to leave the band kind of okay. thing. So he kind of was like. Later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He might. He comes in. I mean, his family is is right where we are. Okay. In, in Virginia, but he won't. You know, he, he's not interested in. Wasn't there someone else in the band early, early on? Yeah, my cousin Con- was in the band, Conrad. Conrad, and he's in. He's in Central PA, and we see him every now and then. Was Was he Decapolis? Yes. Okay. Is he still writing and stuff like that? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Dude, somebody was just. Oh, uh, Billy had Seth Workheiser on his show. Uh, the most recent one, and they were talking about Decapolis. Decapolis was actually one of the websites that Seth was kind of saw as an ideal, um, I don't know, an ideal site. Seemed, yeah, I mean, it was so early on. Yeah, big deal. it was a, it was a, you know, it was a pretty popular message message board for at least our scene mm-hmm. back back in the day. I mean, once Facebook came out, right, that right. all went away. Right. <laughs> that just went away. Now, I remember Decapolis being legitimately. It was a thing. It yeah. was around. Yeah. You know? They even had a stage at Cornerstone for a while. Decapolis. Yeah, that's yeah. right. What happens? You just start kind of, you get a little homesick for being away from home or something? I mean... That's what happens with me is why I ask. I I miss touring. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I mean we at the point that we broke up, we it was kind of we felt like it was time, you know, like that we couldn't keep doing the same the same thing we were doing for like 3 years in a row. Um but yeah, there if we could still do it and make money and not live in our parents' basement, <laughs> sure we'd be doing it right now. Yeah. <laughs> I should say I should clarify. I miss touring me doesn't mean I miss being on being broke, being broke or playing shows. Even I just miss being on the road with the boys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's especially for people like a lot of people in music aren't sports kind of people, you mm-hmm. know, at least not like that doesn't dominate their lives. So, you know, we didn't get to experience the, the camaraderie of a team right. or whatever. Right. But you're in a, in a, in a van with dudes and, you know, I don't know. I, I think you can't help but but feel some camaraderie there. Yeah, and every every everything I miss about the band, not everything, but what I miss most about being in the band is that hanging is touring yeah. with other bands. I mean, it, that's the fun part. I mean, the shows are fun too. But, 
but the hanging out with the people and, and, and growing up with, you know, specifically Adam and Joel, we kind of, you know, it sounds so cliche, but we like grew up together. Like yeah. we became men together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Those years, I mean, 10 years on the road and, and, and working together, you, you kind of form these bonds that, that don't ever go away. So sure. You know, you definitely miss that when everyone kind of goes their way and does their own thing. Doesn't matter how successful you are or not when you're on the on the road. If you're with a a band of dudes that you enjoy being around, that it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're fine. You don't need to be yeah. <laughs> raking in the millions. You know what I mean? I mean, honestly, dudes, if Stavesaker wasn't as much of a blast as it was, I probably would have been more focused on how broke I was. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, I mean if it's like with the whole cornerstone thing and touring, it's, it's really, you know, if, if, if you guys, if Stacey was to say, Hey, let's go to Montana on a road trip. We'd be fine with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. If we did play these shows, we, we'd be fine with that. That's funny. You know, we had, uh, we haven't really talked about it because honestly, who would I really discussed it with? But like that, the reunion show that we tried to get funded on the Kickstarter and all that. I mean, there are some people who are have no idea what they're talking about. Who were like, "Oh, I think it, everyone questioned that that much money would be needed to do such a thing." <laughs> like, really, dude? Do you not have any idea how much it costs yeah. to fly people you from ever all travel? over the country? <laughs> you, you're, you know, and especially Jeff Riley living in in uh, in in England, and you know, all of the bands coming from you know every potential corner of America, plus the any opportunity to rehearse before that. Yeah, man, it's super expensive. Yeah. But you know, it would, the the one thing that I don't think people understood the most, or the one thing I, I think was most misunderstood about the show was the selfish, <laughs> the honorable selfish side of it, which was absolutely without any apologies, an excuse for all of us to hang around. Yeah. I mean, that's why yeah. Mike Lewis started the thing. Yeah. He's like, dude, at the very least, even if the show sucks, all of us can get together and goof it off. It would be a success no matter what. Yeah, it would be fun. <laughs> if we were all in the same room, it'd be a success. It would be fun. I, it's too bad that that didn't happen because it would have been pretty cool. But I think we were way off. Uh, <laughs> I don't even think we got half. Well, I, yeah, I knew that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that, when that one all went down, I was like, this is no way. There's no way. I think we needed to like, I don't know, record an album or something like that. You got to give people something. Yeah, yeah. You got to have something. <laughs> I mean, a one show. Yeah. That's, not really enough to offer them. Hey, we'll have a lot of fun yeah. ourselves. We'll make a DVD. <laughs> we might, might see yourself DVD in it. We'll never watch. <laughs> well, it's too bad. We, we tried. We, we tried to Next pull year. Off. Yeah. Yeah. talking about it the other day about touring and and you know i think it was me and aaron actually the the last episode we talked about like you go on the road you got like the 40 you know the 40 pound cd booklet you know it's got like a hundred cds in it or whatever you think about the days when the one guy in the band had a triple a or the one guy with a cell phone yeah, one guy has a cell phone. One guy has a AAA account and was able to go to the AAA place and have them make a triptych, which is like a little book of your tour. <laughs> oh, you guys. We got uh, that one we, time. We, we, that's advanced for us. <laughs> well, it was useless. It was completely useless because it's like maps that are so outdated, you know. Yeah, we had uh, we had a laptop with, uh, it wasn't, you know, it was, it was like Microsoft Maps and Trips. And that's how we found our way yeah, and of and course the, 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 the atlas you know the big trucker atlas that you had in the van oh yeah everybody are the everybody's got the trucker atlas you got to buy a new one every year because you know all the freeways changing or whatever i think about that sometimes i think about the stuff that we used to do i mean dude, i'm going to talk about this when i get tom on the show our very our second tour ever the one that we did with mxpx for our second run, we were so jealous of the of MX and the 90 pound Wuss guys because on the very first tour that we did with them, they had um, CB radios and they could contact, they could talk to each other mm-hmm. back and forth. 
we didn't we didn't have a CB, so we were always out of the conversation. But we also no one had cell phones, so you just it's just like keep an eye on those guys. That dude's gonna pull over any minute. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I think about the difference of of those days touring and the advances. I mean, it's not just the iPods. It's not just the cell phones. It's everything. Yeah. Yeah, this can easily turn into back in my day. <laughs> but come on. I mean, dude, you could send an email blast out to yeah. everyone in the neighborhood yeah. that you're playing. We would <laughs> We would try to call a number and maybe someone would it would be like a church office number or something and maybe someone would pick up. Mhm. And you, and you don't have directions yet because they haven't given you directions or they haven't told you what the venue is. And, and you're the day of the show, you're calling this number. Oh, yeah. Trying to get, trying to find some kind of information on the show that you're about to play. Well, dude, think about this. Like every person listening to this right now, I want you to think about the last time you, you needed directions somewhere. Chances are you just went straight to your maps app and said, I need to go to Barnes and Noble and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you got to pick which one and go. You know, some people, they'll look it up on the internet, find the name of the place, find the address, put the address in the maps. But either way, you have access to getting that actual address and having it attached to something. Without computers, without cell phones, for the first three or four years of touring, this was the case. Mm-hmm. We had no way of finding directions to yeah. any of these places. And then if, if, if Joe Schmo said left instead of right, you're three hours the wrong way. Oh, yeah. And you're like, there's no place. Oh, I, I, I meant left. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be able to like post up on your you know, web page, we'll be in this town on this day. Post up on Facebook where everyone will see your feed will be in your town. Yeah, well, you, you you could control some of it. You can control some of it now. Yeah. You know, back then it's up to the promoter. You're, oh you're, you're putting your whole, you're putting it all in their hands. You are. <laughs> and how, but how stoked are you when you, the, when you would roll into a town and just apropos of nothing, there's a sign, there's a poster on a, on a random Light post that has your show on it. What's that? What's that like? It's very, very rare (laughs) because I've never seen that. (laughs) Like twice. I've never seen that. We were on a billboard once, like a like a marquee sign at a theater in in Jacksonville, and that was you know that blew my mind. Yeah, we were too. Although, as I've discussed many times, we are often on there with a horribly misspelled name. (laughs) (laughs) I've got you guys probably had some of that. For sure, your name was yeah. spelled G O A T E yeah, on a couple absolutely. of those. man i mean the band is 
the band broke up. You disappeared. You joined the army. You became a professional killer. I mean, seriously, what did you do? <laughs> what happened? Um, well, yeah, the you know, at the time, you know, we were all in relationships. We were kind of moving towards, you know, either marriage or, or just long-term relationships mm-hmm. and living on, you know, being on the road all the time and not being able to pay the bills. You know, at some point you're like, okay, we kind of have to move on. And if it's not going to pay the bills, we got to find something that's going to pay the bills. I mean, what year are we talking about here? Uh, 2002. Okay. So I was like 27, I think at that point, 26 or 27 mm-hmm. when the band broke up and I, and I was still in my parents' basement. So, and Joel was still, yeah. you know, Adam, Adam was married and he was, you know, he, he had his, he was, you know, he wasn't in his parents' basement, <laughs> but Joel and I were, so we were like, you know, I mean, how, how, how long is this going to go? You know, how, how long are we going to be in our parents' basement? So it, for that, for those reasons, and also because of the fact that we were playing the exact same shows for like two years straight, you know, they, we weren't really making any headway. We just felt like it was, maybe this is a sign that we should probably end it. So, yeah. so I, you know, like I, I moved to Florida to be with my my um, my fiance at the time, who you know, um, so I I, I kind of was like ready to move on with my life and do that. And then Joel, you know, and Adam were still in in Virginia, and just we just kind of tried to get jobs and and just I you know it was like we have we felt like we had to had to grow up I guess mm-hmm. you know because we were just living the the crazy life of a musician and he's <laughs> like oh well I guess now we have to grow up and. Go do adult things. <laughs> oh no! Whatever will we do? But we were. I mean, you know, being from Northern Virginia slash DC, we there was no there was no scene like you know. So when we stopped touring and playing shows, that's why we dropped off the face of the earth. Because you know, you know, I, I get jealous sometimes when I hear about you guys talk about you know Southern California where people are like. Oh, and then this guy was doing this project, so I got hooked up with that. You know, right, right. we didn't have that. There was there was no band. I mean, if someone tells you they were from our area, in a in a in a band in that scene, they're lying because there was no. There, <laughs> we had to go up to Pennsylvania, you know, to be part of that scene. I think I had a letter in one of my letters episodes. Uh, I talk about uh, I talked. One guy mentioned being from the area there. There he was, D.C. There were no bands. No, no. I mean, the only band that I knew of from that area was Frotus, and they were only on Tooth and Nail for like a hot second, I think. Yeah. And and so, you know, and we didn't, and we only ever played with them, I think, in Tampa. And that's the only time I ever saw them live, I think. Oh, they're so good. Yeah, they're so stinking good. <laughs> <laughs> but man. other than you know, other than Cody Hook and Frotus, there, there was no, wow. there was no band in this area. So, like I said, we got our start in in Pennsylvania, Central PA, um, through promoters up there because they actually had a scene up there and people. We're going to, you know, putting shows on. So when we stopped, like I said, so, you know, long story short, when we stopped touring, it, you know, we were never in tight with other bands. I mean, you know, we just, yeah. weren't, we just didn't have a scene. So we were like, all right, we're, we're out of the scene. And that was that. I mean, Adam, Adam did play with like party people and stuff. Right. For like a hot right. second again. And, and Mr. E and C. Yeah. And so there was a little bit of that, but not, not much, you know. When you say out of that and not much happened, I mean, that's obviously with regard to music, but what, I mean, what did you go to do to get out of the pyramid's basement? And, um, so whatever, whatever it took. <laughs> <laughs> Any kind of job. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, when you're and uh, I'm just, this is like the, this is the way it is with every band that's on tour is when you're home, you guys scramble for jobs when you're home to pay right. the bills. Because when you're touring, usually at least in our case, you could pay the bills while you were touring because that's how you made your money. You could, you know, make money honorarium, selling T-shirts. You know, you could, you could pay the bills while you're on the road. Um, but when you're home, everyone scrambles to do stuff. And and Joel and Adam at that point were running sound at a at a pretty big church in our area that we kind of kind of our home church, I guess, that we would okay. go to. So that was like the gig that they had when they were home, and then like that turned into like a full time thing for them, and you know. When I was in Florida, I was just scrambling for whatever. I mean, I I was a pest <laughs> inspector, electrician's okay. helper. I, you know, I did all kinds of crazy stuff. I worked in a Japanese steakhouse. Nice. One night. <laughs> one night. Did you get fired? Did you quit? No, I just never came back. Yeah. <laughs> That's Florida employment yeah. in a nutshell right there. 
but when I, you know, after a year in Florida, I moved back up to Virginia because I missed, you know, I, you know, just that was the right thing to do. Um, okay. The Florida thing didn't work out. And I ended up working at the same church that Joel and Adam were working. So we were all kind of doing the same thing, which was like sound guy, AV, install, you know, it's sort of related. <laughs> we, yeah. You know, I mean, what what can least, you do? <laughs> you at least know what that chord does or where it yeah, plugs yeah. How, in. What a mix should sound like. We, that's we all upside knew that. Down. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. So that's kind of what that's kind of what I did. I mean, I was at that church for seven years. Wow. And so I, you know, I became a manager. You know, I, you know, it's like kind of learn stuff, learn how to do all kinds of stuff. I mean, my job there was not just sound stuff. It was install. We did drywall. We did. We built stuff, wow. furniture. I mean, it was like, yeah. I learned a lot there. And so that's kind of where I've been personally. Um, you know, Joel and Adam, I've done, was we're doing that, but they ended up leaving and, and you know, Joel moved up to New York. Right. Um, because uh, his fiance was up there. And so, you know, he's worked a lot of different stuff since he's, since he's been up there. Okay. Do you, do you know what he's doing now? I think he's working, he's, he's in retail Okay. I think, yeah. Yeah. And then Adam is? Um, I actually don't know what Adam is doing right now, but uh, he- No one knows what yeah, Adam is yeah. doing right at this But he, had, he did go back to school okay. and he got like a graphic arts kind of yeah, degree. Yeah, I see his stuff on Facebook and all Yeah, so and in, in, in Adam's the artist of the band. Yeah, I mean, he's always been. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, when people say, I, I don't consider myself an artist, really. I mean- Right. You're I don't, I don't consider Joel and I like artists, you gotcha. know, gotcha. cause we didn't, once the band stopped, we didn't like have to go out Feel and, the compulsion. Yeah. Continue. Like we had to go do art somehow. We didn't, mm-hmm. we didn't do that. So that to me, that kind of disqualifies us from the label of artist. Don't let anybody <laughs> hear you say that. dude. <laughs> Did Adam design the early tooth and nail logo? Didn't he do that? Um, I feel like that was a debate for a while. I totally forgot about that. I think that he did some stuff. You know, I don't know. Ask him. Yeah, you have to ask him. I I remember him drawing some stuff up for Brandon. Yeah, and I I feel like there was like a kind of a weird. uh, Like we made him made a T-shirt or or something, but I don't. I don't think he did the actual logo. I think okay. that was around before we even were on the label. Yeah, I don't. I honestly don't. Yeah, know. I, don't, I, don't I feel know. like there was a debate about this at some. Well, point, now that you say it, it, it like kind of. Yeah. There's, there's something working in the back of my head that <laughs> kind of agrees with you. I don't know. Yeah. But See, yeah, I'm, he he's he went he got his art art you know graphic arts degree and he's kind of been doing like like design type stuff, off and on. I mean, I've always, I always remember he, he would every once in a while we would go on tour and he would draw like a cartoon and just give it to us at the end of tour or something yeah. like that. Yeah, he drew the best <laughs> cartoons. I mean, he's awesome. Yeah. And he, but he, out of the three of us, he, he's the one that continued to do music. Sure. I mean, he's in like four bands right now That's playing crazy. drums for like four local bands in the, you know, the Northern Virginia area. So, you know, he, he continued on. I consider myself an artist. I can't play anything. So you could at least, you have the option to, I've never been able to play anything. So you at least have the option to create music. I gotta, I gotta hum. Yeah. Well, I mean, this, the skill is there to play and I enjoy playing mm-hmm. and you know, we could do that. I thought we were a pretty good band. You know, I, I, so. I you know, we had fun. We loved playing with you guys. Staves Acre and Goaty Hook on tour to me is what I think of when I think of Stavesacre going on tour. Those were the best times. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. Because we helped each other. Like, we helped each other cope. <laughs> you know? I really felt like you guys were the first, you guys were probably the first band that we toured with that kind of saw the industry and what we were doing in the same light, you know? Yeah, I feel I, I know the the guys would would agree. We knew we it was kindred spirits time, <laughs> and it, and honestly, I don't think we had played any shows really together until that, until that uh, 
seven week long bout through yeah, hell. I, <laughs> I remember, I just remember seeing, I remember like the guys talking about seeing you guys at Cornerstone, like before that tour or something, they were just like, whoa, look at those guys, man. We <laughs> those just guys are going to hate us. <laughs> <laughs> I know that there was, you know, there was all this talk about uh, the banana suit and combat Chuck and, and are these dudes too silly? I, I, we didn't know what yeah. we were getting into, but we're on tour with the Supertones, man. It's how, how serious does it need to get? You know? I know, I know. We didn't even really, it was surprising to me that they wanted us on that thing. But, you know, for all the, the trash I talk about ska, I mean, the Supertones dudes were always really nice to us, you know? Yeah. Nice yeah, I mean, it, it was, I enjoyed that tour mainly because of you guys. I mean, I, Supertone guys were great. They were right. always cool. Um, for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the most but, part. uh, I mean, you know, they would go do their press stuff and go to the bookstore sure. stuff and then, you know, go to hook and Dave's dick or would go play min- minotaur golf. <laughs> <laughs> so we were like, you know, I mean, we've, we've always had a chip on our shoulder about being from the East coast, you know, and being sure. from the town we are. We all, we never felt like other bands kind of included us in that community. We felt a little bit out of place and I know you guys feel out of place for that tour. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay so kids were brutal they were <laughs> get so this band off bad, stage man they were such little shit yeah yeah and I remember I think the show this is this is an important show this was an important tour it's yeah. the reason why I wrote my book it's the reason Stavesacre quit the Christian music industry it's also the reason why our band failed miserably because when we <laughs> left we had nothing but uh, it was that tour dude that just wore everybody out man the first time we saw you guys play Goaty Hook comes on stage and like who are these dudes and they're all kind of silly and they're all wearing these like what the heck is that I'm uh, sure some kind of matching the outfit the coveralls oh yeah yeah you know yeah. the one piece coverall yeah right but you guys came out on stage in those coveralls, and by like two or three weeks in, man, that's some ripe. <laughs> that's some ripe gear. That goes in a special bin in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. I honestly don't think you guys ever washed them. Or oh, we probably did. Maybe probably, like two or three yeah, times. Yeah. Not every night. <laughs> but then, okay, so in addition, everybody's in like these blue coveralls or whatever, except Adam, who is dressed like Colonel Sanders, all white with that weird Colonel Sanders tie mm-hmm. thing. And then skull face makeup. And I think that that weird juxtaposition between like, oh, look, it's the, they've got their coveralls on. And what the hell is that on the drums? And I think that really freaked those kids out. Yeah. I mean, those kids at that, on that tour, and this is a generalization. I mean, there's probably people out there listening to this. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Sure. Does anyone listen to this? I don't know. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Oh, no, there's, there's some people who saw us on those tours. They've mentioned it before. But I mean, they they just wanted to see the Supertones. Yeah. Except for some of the shows, maybe like in Pennsylvania, where yeah. we had a, we had a following. Those the kids were basically like we were like two just warm ups. I mean, they wanted to see well, Supertones. I think, I think that was definitely the case for most of the shows. But I will say this, and I've, I've and I will say this because of the the emails I get. People saw us on tour with Goaty Hook and Supertones. Yeah. And a lot of those people, the ones that we didn't account for at the time were the ones who just got dropped off there by their parent. And they had no intention of buying a Supertones anything because it just wasn't their... This is just mom and dad are leaving me here because yeah. they know it's safe. There's kids with suits on. Everything's going to be fine. you know. And then they heard Staves Acre or Goaty Hook. And I seriously think we, we won some of those yeah. guys. So, no, I, yeah. But yeah. man... There's some good in there. There's the one... <sighs> it's about to get blue. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the Hall of Insolence was born on that tour. Uh, that was something in a Staves Acre van, uh, perpetuated by Sam West, who just the CDs, the demos. Or, no, no, the Hall of Insolence <laughs> is us giving ourselves props for how rude we can be in the face of these little shits. Okay, and uh, oh gosh, keep hurts. keep in mind, listeners, this is coming from a, from a. From a broken place of brokenness. A place of brokenness and gentleness. <laughs> ultimately love. Yeah. Uh, that that tour was the tour where a kid walked up to the booth, our merch booth, after the show and said, you guys are Christians? 
yeah, where's your horn section? Like, that was an actual question. <laughs> I don't even have a response to that. Where's your horn section? Obviously, you're liars. I, I, like, he didn't say that, but he was, he was genuinely confused <laughs> as to what the hell happened to the horns. That's also the tour where Adam's knuckles. <laughs> Adam played really okay. This is again the the drummer of Goaty Hook, who you should know this by now, guys. He's playing in this white suit that I've just described, and and pounding the drums with great rage and furious anger. Yeah. I mean, he's awesome live. Oh man, he's, he's, he's like the best. We used to watch live. the guy play all the time, you know. But but man. With with that kind of a physical drumming, you're gonna hit your knuckles. Yeah, sometimes you miss. <laughs> yeah, and he missed a lot. Okay, <laughs> and those knuckles, like the rim shot, I'm convinced is is an is in re- in reference to knuckles. He just what like you could just hear it. You hear the miss of this, and then just a weird knocking sound. You know, so a few weeks into the tour, this poor guy's knuckles are all swollen up and bloody and then infected and pussy and gross and like he got a freaking stage again the kids are already freaked out by the guy dressed in white and kind of dirty white and then like the the face paint and the fact that the band opens up the set playing backwards not even looking at them and all they gotta do all they can look at is this freak (laughs) and what does he do wipes his bleeding pussy knuckles all over the front of his white shirt just and we loved that so much <laughs> the kids freaked out but it was awesome yeah he got a he got a bad infection on, on that I tour, know. I he had, didn't you have to go to the hospital yeah he had to get like anti- antibiotics and stuff because his oh, i mean man, it was rough you do you gotta suffer for your art man you know you yeah gotta, you gotta suffer for it now also this is the tour where uh, Sam... He, didn't he blow some kid out of the water in Oklahoma? Yes, he did. At Bartlesville, in Bartlesville. Yeah. That's what I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Suck my dick, ska boy, is what he said to the kid. <laughs> right to his face. Not even in a joke. It wasn't smiling. <laughs> Vroom, drive off. <laughs> I know. I know that that's very difficult language to but you have to understand. I mean, Jamie, how uh, this was definitely not early on in the in the on the tour. No, no, no. This had been building. Uh, <laughs> it had been building. Yes. Some some tests you pass, and some some you don't. It happens. But dude, I mean, even with all of that stuff, and it, uh, this is the thing: it wasn't just that the kids were goofy or weird or into music that we weren't into or something. They were straight up. Like they, mean disrespectful. And rude, it was man. disrespectful. Oh yeah, they would say crazy stuff while you're on stage. I mean, you guys were like booed off stage. I mean, yeah, that yeah. happened at these shows. Yeah. So you know, if you're gonna boo a band off stage, he's rocking their asses off trying to. Dude, you know. was, I think that's the only time. Well, there was. One, I think there might have been one. I don't know how many more. I'm pretty sure there was one though where we said, "All right, lot, bye," you know, and just bailed. Yeah. But I don't think. Well, that I, wasn't that often. the Pennsylvania show? Isn't that? It might have been. Yeah. And that's the show that we turned our backs on the audience for the whole show. Oh, so awesome, dude! So freaking great. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. That's that's what that's what got our socks off. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just yeah, making each other laugh and, and doing stuff that you did. Like, there's no way you're gonna do this because, oh, dude, yeah? like, if you were if you if we didn't have you guys, you know, and honestly. The Supertones dudes were super bummed and really embarrassed yeah. that happened. As, as I remember, they said something from the stage. Yeah, like, that's not cool, guys. Yeah. For a crowd full of that many silly, wacky, checkerboard tie-wearing kids, that was pretty harsh. <laughs> 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 but if we didn't have you guys, maybe that goes a different way and we're, like, feeling really bad. But instead, it's just, it's like a, a laughable moment yeah. immediately, you know? Yeah. And honestly, a relief to not have to play in front of a bunch of kids who really just want to pretend like they're in a video that they've seen. You know, yeah. it just. Oh, oh I mean, I, yeah that 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 tour was it was crappy in a lot of ways, like you're talking about. But I, I 
like you, I, I look back and, and and just have so many good memories about oh, touring. Yeah. And <laughs> again, I don't want to. I'm not trying to say anything negative about the Supertones or the the people that were at the shows who were who were fun. I mean, there were plenty of times where we did well. We we actually were able to pay our bills on that tour. Yeah, yeah I think we all did. Ever. I mean, we you know for three bands, we were all yeah. paying our bills. So, but you know, uh, there was that one night. Were you guys with us when we went to the water slide? After the show was over, I feel like there was a part of the tour where we broke off and then came back together. No, that was uh, a <laughs> that was a different tour. But Supertones were there because they took us to the to a water slide after the show. Maybe that wasn't the tour where you broke off, but we definitely went to a water slide after the show, and things got real weird in there. But you know, <laughs> I've obviously blocked that out of my memory because yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Good for you. Good. I can't. I'm scarred. Forever. Uh, those guys were pretty wacky. I mean, yes. They would show up at your hotel door buck naked. Yes. <laughs> I saw a lot of Supertones. Junks. I saw, yeah, a very intimate knowledge. It's one thing to see a guy riding down the well, water slide, you know, laughing and carrying on. It's another thing to see. I want you to think about being at the bottom of a water slide and the view you have of most people. And then just picture someone with nothing on. That's not really a Stave Zaker kind of move. So, so it's a little different for us. <laughs> I don't know. I, I will still forever be thankful. As I feel like we made real friends on that run with you guys. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, how, how many times did we tour? Like two or three. I mean, that was the big one. Yeah. And then we think we did two or three. One of those we broke off, which, you know, I still feel bad about to this day. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't think anybody held that against you. Didn't, weren't you going on the road with some like MX or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was like we had, we had a tour with you guys and I think Hangnail. Okay. I think. Hangnail. Oh, what a, that band was really good. They were actually very talented. Oh, yeah. The guitarist was, I remember him being crazy. Yeah, like, I, I think so. Like... Was it maybe even the guitar player from Slick Shoes or something? Was it Jackson? Jackson. He was, yeah, he was really in good. In Hangnail? No, no, no. Or it was, was a different dude in Hangnail? Maybe I'm thinking of a different, I'm, I, I, get, I get the pants confused. It's all the same. I'm now. old. I'm super old. Yeah, but we uh, we were, were doing a tour with you guys, and then like right after it started, we were like, hey, we're going to go do this other thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. Sorry. Dude, sometimes you just got to go. Dude. Yeah, you yeah. know. If if that means that you guys are going to be able to make a little bit of bread, no one in our band was ever. Yeah, I think we, we, I think we all understood that as a that's what we got to do. But yeah, I, I remember that tour being special because that's where we met you guys, and and you know we have lifelong friends because of that. It, it was just funny because, like I said, we, when they when the guys, I remember when it, this tour got thought up of, and the guys were like, "Well, who is this band that we're playing with?" You know, <laughs> and then they saw you, and they're like, "Look at that! Look at those guys, man! They're." <laughs> gonna hate us and no way and like being the jackasses that we are we like we ran with that you know yeah it was actually (laughs) and that and and being the band that we are we're like dude these guys are great (laughs) they like like mark mark doesn't mark doesn't like hugs oh he doesn't like hugs huh (laughs) no no big no we're gonna hug him every time we see you yeah as i remember uh i think i mean the walls came down like after the first show oh yeah man it was it was and there was like Again, there were all these times when, I don't know, I have all these memories of, of being on the road and stuff like that, but I still, to, to me, the, what the part that I look back on in Stavesacre, the fun times when touring was a blast and, um, and it had like, it always felt like it held this kind of extra potential. I always think of the times when it was you guys and Puller, you know, mm-hmm. honestly, that's really, those were the days of, of when I really had like it. I don't know. It just it didn't matter if this or that was happening. Yeah. It was just going to be fine. Yeah.
think for 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 some people, the band ending is like slide into depression, right. gain five hundred pounds, shoot heroin into your eyeball, die in a ditch. You know what I mean? Like that's really not that far fetched. Yeah, it? I mean, I, yeah, and I hear about that, and but that was never that was never really the case with us. I mean, it probably affected Adam more than it affected Joel and I because. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he, I don't think he wanted the band to stop at that point. Yeah. You know, he was 100% sold in. So I think it was probably harder for him than it was for Joel and I. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, you'll have to ask them yeah. exactly where they're, where they were, you know, mentally at, at that point. But I can only speak for myself. I mean, I love the band and I would have kept doing the band mm-hmm. if, if it was practical. You yeah. Know? I mean, that sounds dumb because you don't always do what's practical, but you know, for me at that point in my life, it, it had to be practical to keep doing it. Sure. And I didn't, I didn't feel like it was at that point. Um, but, and, and it, and it was hard and it, I mean, it affected me deeply. Like I, I couldn't go see shows after that. No kidding. Like, because I, it would hurt too bad to go sure. see a show. Yeah. Cause I would look at the stage and be like, I should be up there. Isn't that a weird in my life? <laughs> it's a strange experience. Yeah. I mean, and and it was like no shows for me for a long time. Yeah, because it was too. It it, it brought too back. It was too. It was just too hard. Sure. You know? And uh, but that said, like the band, it was never like an idol for me, you know. And I think it's an idol for a lot of people, you know. Not to get too philosophical, you know. But, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if there's, you know, you know, I hear this, you know, if there's something that is in your life that if if it was taken away from you. And your and and your life lost meaning. That's an idol, uh-huh. you know. And and I guess fortunate for me, the band wasn't that. You know, like sure. when the when the band w- was taken from me. I mean, not that it was taken from me. We all <laughs> right, <I don't>. right. <laughs> not like it's a little too melodramatic. Gripped from my hands <laughs> after I walked away from the band. <laughs> um, you know, it it wasn't like my life was over. You know, I, there was I, it was it was a bummer, and I didn't have some you know depression about that. It was more because the the guys kind of went their separate ways a little bit. That was more of a bummer to me mm-hmm. than it was like, oh, we don't get to play. Yeah, <laughs> these, yeah. These shows, you know, that thirteen people showed up to, you know, it wasn't like that's the part that 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 hurt. It was just the the that camaraderie that you had in a band, and so that was the tough part, you know. Sure. But yeah, but it, it wasn't hard in, in this in this in this respect that like I I was able to move on and and find out what I felt God wanted me to do as the next step. You know, I, you know, I was looking forward to the future and I wasn't like my life's over. Yeah. And, and that's just the way I was. I mean, I, I, I you know, just, I don't, I don't get too sentimental about stuff like that. Right. I, I think you have ever stricken me as a super sentimental kind of guy. <laughs> Anyone in the band really, uh, you know, maybe Adam, Adam and I are a little closer. I'm a sentimental dude myself. Yeah. You know, I, I think about moments and in times and things like that. And I get a little wistful, but I also understand, you know, every day you got to hustle a bit and pay the bills, you know? So there's, there's also that, but you know, I'm probably going to reference this a lot in the future because I thought it was a really, I don't know, a very telling uh, revelation. My, My conversation with Aaron Marsh in the in this episode before yours, like he said that when when the band was on its hiatus, they had been on a hiatus for five or six years. You know, he kind of missed that Aaron from Copeland type of feeling. You know, that's like a that's a next level kind of thing that I don't think anybody is anticipating when they're starting off in a band. You know, you don't think one day I'm gonna. I'm not going to be able to go to shows because it's going to hurt too much. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, Stage Acre got the news that we weren't going to go on a tour that basically would have kept the band alive the same day that Ryan and I were going to see Coldplay at a show. It's like sitting there at this Coldplay show, watching all these people singing together, an experience which we have enjoyed ourselves Mm -hmm. of our own shows, knowing probably not going to ever happen again. Yeah. You know, that is, that is a, it's hard. <laughs> an eye opening moment, you know? And obviously we're never going to, we weren't saying we were going to be Coldplay, but there's, 
there's just nothing that ma- matches that feeling, you know, of yeah. people singing I, along together. I, I, and I think, you know, when you move on from like the band, you know, like I think that you think it's, you're going to be able to replicate that somehow in some in other way. Yeah, yeah. In some other creative way. But then you, then it, then you find out it doesn't really happen. Yeah, man. It's a, it's a, that's a tough one. Yeah. That's a very, um, it's a unique experience. And honestly, I would say of all the things in music that I, that I, I miss the most, it's that, it's that, that, uh, that moment of of uh, you in a room with a bunch of strangers, but you all have the same thought and the same mind right at that moment to sing this song together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's one thing to be at a show. You go to a show, see a band that you like, you're singing along with that band, along with everybody else in the room. That's a great feeling. But to experience that as the band playing yeah, the song. Something that's from you oh, that you know, other people... I are celebrating actually, it's awesome. I would describe it as slightly addictive, you yeah. know. Yeah, for sure. Because it's an, it can't be replaced and you know, it can't be recaptured unless you're still going, you know. Yeah. You're right, it's not something that you can replicate in 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 like well now I I run sound for the women's <laughs> women's event right. Tuesday night. Yeah. That doesn't replicate that that high that you get. Interesting, man. I mean, do we need it? No. You don't need it, but you can miss it. It's okay to miss it. Oh, I yeah. Think. No, I mean, uh, you know, when I say I'm not sentimental, I, I don't dwell on things, but I, I definitely can get melancholy about it and think about it, you know? Yeah. And it's, but, uh, you know. So what, I mean, obviously it is, it is its own thing. Um, and I'm not even saying that no, no future experience is going to top it because how do I know? Yeah. You know, I haven't been there yet, but I think in the meantime, what are you doing to kind of keep yourself from like driving your car off a cliff? Yeah. I mean, um, that's what some people do, man. Yeah. You know, they just can't take it. Um, I mean, I think that you try to, you try to be creative in other ways, you know, like I try to do some, like, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I still will occasionally try to write stuff mm-hmm. and even if it's just for me or, you know, if Adam and I get together and, and, and jam for a, a night, in the old practice space, which yeah. we, we do on occasion, not, not recently, but you know, we'll do that. And it, you know, it, it's, I think as long as you can do it for yourself, like if you get, if that gives you enough pleasure, you know, that as long as you're doing it, like me and Adam are doing it together, that's yeah. if there, if nobody ever sees it, if nobody ever, if we don't make any money off of it, it's uh it's still a, it's still a good feeling for me. You know, yeah. it doesn't replicate the, the adoration that you get from, from being in a band. And then, and, and there's a, there's a definitely a part, I would say of all of us that were in the band, there's definitely a part that a part of us that need, that wanted that and it needed that, yeah. that adoration because Goody Hook is like, it's made up of a bunch of dorks, you know, like we were all outcasts to some degree, you know, mm-hmm. maybe not Joel. I mean, he was always like Joel Bell. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, man. Hi, I'm Joel Bell. Yeah. I know who you are. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, I know. But like, I mean, I, you know, speaking from my, I had a really, you know, my high school years and, you know, I'm sure you hear about this from a lot of musicians stuff, but my high school years sucked, you know? Yeah. And, and I was a nobody and Adam was the fat kid in school. That's right. I who, remember, I, I'd forgotten that Adam lost a bunch of weight yeah, after and, school. And so he was always, you know, he, that's how he became so biting like sarcastically is because that was his defense mechanism for always being picked on and stuff. So, so we always, you know, we always had that chip on our shoulder about we're going to prove to the world, to those people in high school, to (laughs) every, the rest, the rest of the label, you know, those West coast guys or whatever. We always had this chip on our shoulder that was like, we're going to, we need to prove to everybody that we can go out there and, and have something of value, like that we're worth something, you know? Yeah. So that's also a part of that, that you, you can't, it's hard to replace, you know, with some other creative aspect, at least that I found, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, there's definitely a part of me that says, man, I, I never got to that point where I felt like I could look at those people and say, I did it, you know, <laughs> you, you suckers. <laughs> I get what you mean. You didn't have like that moment, you know? When they saw you on television or something, I guess I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and it's 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 more proving it to yourself, you know, yeah. like that, you know, people with chips on their shoulders, 
they all know what that's that's like you know you yeah. like trying to prove to yourself that you matter and you have significance and, and 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 being in a band where people display that to you is awesome People sure. say, you know, come up to you and say, maybe not as much to us, but like your lyrics are really, really meant something in my life, yeah. you know, or something yeah. or really turned it around or, you know, I, we had people say, you know, I, I, I found God because of your music, you know, that's incredible. And it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, what, yeah. One, what? But two, I mean, that's awesome. You know? And, and so that's, you know, it like, you, what, you know, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but it's hard. It's. No, you I miss mean, that all the time. I think it's a, I think it's a, um, a mistake to try to equate the two things, because it's two completely different experiences. But there is something to be said for knowing that you were part of an eternal process, right? You know, maybe you aren't this successful rock and roll star who could pay your bills and still make rock and roll, but you did contribute to somebody's uh, to the eternal portion of someone's life and I think that that carries a completely different type of satisfaction um yeah and it's easy and, and I and I hate people who whine you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I, I well, oh you know was me. yeah I didn't make it my I feel my life's awesome like you know yeah. <laughs> I mean I, I don't know that's if you rad. know who I am but my life's awesome <laughs> that's rad what I mean what I mean is like it doesn't take the band to to to, to make my life you know yeah. like I'm really happy my wife's awesome. Yeah. Really blessed. And I didn't need the band to do that. You know, like I, that wasn't part of it. So, you know, it, it, I don't want to be a big wine, big whiner about like, Oh uh, my, you know, uh, like. well, I think a part of it is, is, uh, giving yourself a second, you know, your knee jerk reaction when this is gone out of your life is, Oh, I loved that, you know, mm-hmm. but really, man, when you get a chance to really like think about it, you know, like, dude, I have Fifi, man. Like my wife, I'm, 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 I'm doing good, man. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked. Yeah, okay, you know, and like, forget the fact that you know, forget the music and the experiences we are. There was a time in my life specifically where I was really not sure I was gonna make it. Right, you know what I mean? And I was so lonely and so alone, and even around all these people that I've been talking about how much I love. You know, and as a result of the band and all the things that have happened, I met my wife and here you are, you know, pretty good. So, yeah. I mean, if, if if you were given the chance back in the, back when you were in that dark place to say, well, you could trade it all to be in love and, and have that person. Oh, do yeah. You'd do, mean, you'd, you'd do it. You'd do it in a second. And here we are. We, we it, it happened. We got <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, we're and right. now we're whining about the band. <laughs> Get a grip. What a bunch of shitheads. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. What a great time catching up. I, I cannot get enough. I'm sorry, you guys, if I kind of left you in the dust a couple times there. I don't know. Guy just makes me laugh. Uh, quickly, the songs you heard on tonight's show were from the Goody Hook album, Two Years to Never. We heard Chevy Nova, possibly my favorite hooker jam ever. Uh, Lullaby, and some bits from Mach 3. Get that album. It still rules. As always... This show was produced by Billy Power of the Urban Achiever Podcast. This show and all other episodes are available for free on iTunes or on the I Never Was website. All of the music was from my latest album, the self-titled White Lighter. You can find that at northernrecords.com, plus all kinds of other good stuff. And again, if you'd like to pick up my book, Simplicity, in the author's preferred version, you can find it in the web store on ineverwas.com. There you go. Thank you once again for your time and your support. And keep those letters coming. Until next week, rainbow out.